the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The seventh day is the day eternity stepped into time and pressed with passion the kiss of love and blessing on Adam and Eve. The Bible is clear that there is life in the seventh day because God's life, God's soul, God's love is in the day. That's Pastor Michael Oxentenko, and this is Reaching Your Heart. Here at Reaching Your Heart, we believe that God answers prayer. If you need prayer, you can call at any time, 24-7, 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. Someone is standing by right now to take your phone call. The Cosmic Controversy Series is available online at reachingyourheart.com. Today, we are continuing with the Creation Covenant. We brought you the first portion of this broadcast the last time we were together. We will complete it now. If you have any questions about this or if you'd like more information, you can always go to reachingyourheart.com. That's reachingyourheart.com. Let's get underway now with today's broadcast. And here is our pastor teacher, Michael Oxentenko. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. And His covenant promises never end. And the Sabbath is the sign of the everlasting married relationship of God to a redeemed people, a saved people for time and eternity. According to Genesis 2.1, the Sabbath is the seventh day. It's not the first day, the second day, the third day, the fourth day, the fifth day, or the sixth day. It's the seventh day. And not one word in Scripture changes that fact. According to Exodus 31, 16, the Sabbath is an everlasting covenant. And dear heart, God's everlasting covenant is not about you trying to work your way to heaven. I mean, this notion that somehow Christ did not say it is finished at the cross, that somehow he had something still to do so that God could accept you is counter to biblical theology. It's counter to the teaching of the Sabbath. It's counter to God's word in every way. The Sabbath is a sign that deep within the heart of God there is love that is fixed and firm. There is a forgiving stance that is worked out in history that who He is, His everlasting covenant, is revealed in the daily cycle of our lives. The Hebrew word seven is taken from the verb that means to swear an oath. Genesis 21, verse 27, So Abraham took sheep and oxen and gave them to Abimelech, and the two men made a covenant there. Now, this is a fascinating story. Abraham set seven ewe lambs of the flock apart, it says in verse 28. And Abimelech said to Abraham, What is the meaning of these seven ewe lambs which you have set apart? He said, These seven ewe lambs you will take from my hand, that you may be a witness for me that I dug this well. So the seven ewe lambs was a sign or a witness that he was the creator of the well. Then verse 31, Therefore that place was called Beersheba, because there both of them swore an oath, so they made a covenant at Beersheba. Now let's analyze this. 
The footnote in the Revised Standard Version indicates that Beersheba has two meanings. Some Bible translations will reveal this. It can be translated, it can be translated, the well of the seven, or it can be translated, the well of the oath. Either way. The word seven, which is Sheba here, literally means oath. So in verse 27, Abraham and Abimelech made a covenant. In verse 31, they swore an oath. That's the number seven. In verse 32, they made a covenant. An oath and a covenant are synonyms that mean the same thing in the context. So the seventh day is literally the oath day or the promise day. It is the covenant day. It's the day God married the world, the the day he married the human race to himself. It, It is why Moses said the seventh day should be kept because it is connected to God's everlasting covenant. So how important is the everlasting covenant to Christians? Hebrews 13, 20. Now may the God of peace who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood of the eternal covenant, equip you with everything good that you may do his will, working in you that which is pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Now, I'll tell you, when I look at the cross of Christ and I see the blood of Jesus flowing down that cross in my mind... I ask the question to you today, is that trivial blood flowing down from the cross of Christ? Is that a trivial event occurring there? Oh, no, according to Scripture, that was the blood of the everlasting covenant. And the Sabbath, according to Moses, is the sign of the everlasting covenant. You cannot separate it from the promise that led Jesus Christ to the cross. The eternal covenant is the promise God made in Eden. He kept it at the cross. The eternal covenant is what brought Jesus to that cross and according to Hebrews 13, 20, Christ shed his blood as the blood of the everlasting covenant. And I compare it with 1 Corinthians eleven twenty five. Jesus is speaking, it's the Lord's Supper. It says, in the same way also the cup after supper is saying, now he's about to die, he's telling you what is going to happen. This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Now in this verse, Jesus' blood is called the blood of what covenant? What does it say? The new covenant. Now we learn in Hebrews 13 that his blood is the blood of what covenant? The everlasting covenant. So if Jesus' blood is the blood of the eternal covenant, and Jesus' blood is the blood of the new covenant, then using an identity principle, that eternal covenant is the new covenant. Moses says very clearly that that eternal covenant that brought Jesus to the cross according to the book of Hebrews that the sign of the everlasting covenant is the seventh-day Sabbath. That means it's also the sign of the new covenant. I've been taught growing up in my church family years ago that Sunday is the new covenant Sabbath that Jesus instituted as a memorial of the resurrection and that we remember the resurrection by keeping the new covenant Sabbath. Have you ever heard that? I used to believe this until I studied my Bible. I, I couldn't find anything in the New Testament where Jesus himself made the change or this connection but I just kind of bought into it. In fact, I discovered, though, in time that something important was in play here that sealed the question that Sunday isn't the sign of any covenant at all. In fact, it's a human tradition that has taken the first day of the week and substituted God's sign of the everlasting covenant in the Sabbath. And here it is. Number one, in the Bible, a covenant must be ratified or inaugurated by the shedding of blood. In other words, you can't start a covenant unless you shed blood. So the everlasting covenant that God had at creation was not inaugurated or ratified until Jesus' blood was shed on the cross of Calvary. 
the new covenant, which is the same covenant, reaffirmed in time, had to be ratified by the blood of Christ, which means until the blood is shed, the covenant is not fixed, really. Hebrews 9.15. Therefore, Jesus is the mediator of what kind of covenant? What does it say in your Bible? Of a new covenant, so that those who are called may receive the promised eternal inheritance. Now, go down to verse 18. Hence, even the first covenant was not ratified without what? What does it say? Without blood. So you can't have a covenant without the shedding of blood. Number two, the Bible teaches that Jesus shed his blood as the blood of the new covenant. That means he ratified the new covenant with his blood. We looked at this verse earlier, 1 Corinthians eleven twenty-five. In the same way also the cup after supper saying, this cup is the new covenant. And then what does it say next in your Bible? In my blood. So the new covenant was ratified by the blood of Jesus Christ. He said, do this. In other words, partake of this meal as often as you drink of it in remembrance of me. Now third, you cannot add to a covenant. This is the significant point. You cannot add to a covenant once the blood has been shed and the covenant has been ratified or you're cheating on the legal arrangement. Did you hear what I just said? If you sign on the dotted line of that covenant with the blood of Jesus Christ and you manipulate the covenant after his blood was shed... If you add something after the blood was shed, you are violating the covenant, attacking the legal arrangement. If you want to mess with the covenant, you do so before it's ratified. You do not change it after it's been ratified. Galatians 3.15, Paul says this, To give a human example, brethren, no one annuls even a man's will or adds to it once it has been ratified. So just before he died, Jesus had this to say about the Sabbath in Matthew 24.20. So if he's going to make a change in the covenant, if he's going to put something in the new covenant, he has to say so just before the blood is shed. So if Sunday is the new covenant Sabbath, we have to have scripture that says, guess what, I'm changing the Sabbath from Saturday to Sunday. And it has to be done before the blood of Christ is shed or it's impossible for it to be in the new covenant. That's what the Bible's saying. So just before he died, did Jesus do this? No, he did not. Instead, he reaffirmed the Sabbath in Matthew 24, 20 as important for God's people all the way down to the end of time, which means the Sabbath of creation is retained within the new covenant structure. Matthew 24, 20. Now, it's amazing how people can refer to themselves as new covenant Christians and ignore Jesus' own statement about the Sabbath for the future. But Matthew 24, verse 20, pray that your flight will not be in winter or on the Sabbath. And then he goes on to say, for there'll be great tribulation. I, for one, want to be ready. We all want to be, don't we? He said, listen, an end time events is coming upon you. Pray that you will be able to flee in a time where you can maintain your walk with me. Pray that your flight will not be on the Sabbath. So here's the logical conclusion. Since Jesus never spoke of a change in Scripture, before he ratified the new covenant with his death on the cross, rather instead affirming the Sabbath for the future, Sunday comes three days too late to be in the new covenant. It's impossible for Sunday to be the new covenant Sabbath. The writer of Hebrews describes the new covenant in this way, Hebrews 8, verse 8. The days will come, says the Lord, when I will establish a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah not like the covenant that I made with their fathers on the day that I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt, for they did not continue in my covenant. And so I paid no heed to them, says the Lord. This is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. 
I will put my laws into their minds. I will write them on their hearts and I will be their God and they shall be my people. And finally, Hebrews 4, verse 4 and 9, for he has somewhere spoken of the seventh day in this way and God rested on the seventh day from all his works. So then there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For whoever enters God's rest also ceases from his labors as God did from his. Dear heart, are you trying to prove something to God today? Are you maybe trying to work out your own salvation where you left God out of the work? Maybe you're so zealous to figure a way to feel accepted by God, you have forgotten what God has done for you. And maybe you have lapsed in your commitment to His commitment to you. The sign of the gospel, according to the writer of Hebrews, the sign that we are finished by faith before we start, that in Christ we rest because God has done for us what we cannot do, The sign of that is the same sign that God gave at the very beginning. It's the Sabbath-day Sabbath. In Exodus 31, 17, it is a sign forever between me and the people of Israel that in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, and on the seventh day he rested and he was refreshed. Now in the Old Testament, the sign of a covenant is in fact the covenant itself. When you talk about a sign, if it's the sign of that covenant, it is the covenant. In Genesis 17, 10, circumcision is called a covenant that God made with Abraham. The Bible says of circumcision, this is my covenant. In Genesis 17, 11, circumcision is called the sign of the covenant. So the sign of the covenant and the covenant are the same thing. So, gentlemen, your anniversary day is the same thing as your marriage. You better honor it if you want to have a happy marriage. The Bible says the Sabbath is a sign of the eternal covenant that God made at creation on the seventh day. The seventh day, by definition in Hebrew, is the oath day or promise day. It is the covenant day. It is the day God promised to never leave you. Pastor Michael Oxentenko will continue in just a moment. Stay tuned. Reaching Your Heart is a listener-supported program. We step out in faith to purchase airtime on this station because we believe God is working through this radio ministry to touch tens of thousands of lives. Each of our messages is prayed over, biblical messages of hope and Bible truth. To continue, we need your support. We do not have a large ministry fundraising machine. We operate totally by faith. Call our toll-free number to make your contribution of any size today. That number is 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. Or you can stop by our website, reachingyourheart.com. That's reachingyourheart.com. Let's get back to the broadcast now. Here is Pastor Michael Oxentenka with more of today's Reaching Your Heart. Seventh day, by definition in Hebrew, is the oath day or promise day. It is the covenant day. It is the day God promised to never leave you. It's the day God promised to give you rest, even if a restless world should overtake you. It is the day God promised to finish His work when you don't know how to complete it yourself. It's the day that God blessed you with Himself because God put Himself into that day. Moses says, on the seventh day He rested and was refreshed. The Hebrew says, on the seventh day He rested and literally it, meaning the Sabbath, was given a soul, was given life. He breathed into it life-giving soul. I used to keep Sunday, but I now learned that I can't keep it. 
because the day has no life in it by biblical definition. The life that God infused by covenant and creation and time is in the seventh day. And when I came to know that, I, I came to understand that when I worship on Saturday, when I come into covenant relation with God based on the Word of God rather than human tradition, that there is life and love and meaning, that righteousness by faith synchronizes with God's covenant law, and that God can put His law into us through a faith relationship, and it is the opposite of legalism because we are accepted by faith and rest. We learn on the great platform of acceptance to live for God. And I would never surrender this for what I used to have as a Christian. I have very many good friends who keep another day of the week, and I'm not here critical of them. I'm just telling you what's true in Scripture and from my own experience, that I have found Jesus in the seventh day. John 17, verse 3, And this is eternal life, that they know Thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom Thou hast sent. I mean, the bottom line is not a theological point here. It's not trying to prove something right or wrong. Here's the bottom line. God wants you and God wants me to have a relationship with Him. And if the Sabbath is God's way and part of accomplishing that end, then every person who learns of this truth needs the day because they need Jesus. Ezekiel 20, 12, Moreover, I gave them my Sabbath as a sign between me and them that they might know that I am the Lord who sanctifies them. Now, how permanent is the Sabbath for the New Covenant believer? How long does it last? Consider three texts with me, Isaiah 66, 22, and 23. The Bible says, For as the new heavens and the new earth which I will make shall remain before me, says the Lord, so shall your descendants and your name remain. From new moon to new moon, from Sabbath to Sabbath, all flesh, that means all humanity, shall come and worship before me, says the Lord. I mean, very clear Bible language here. The Sabbath goes into eternity. And those who will be redeemed and saved will come and bow down before God in the sacred cycle of eternity of God's everlasting covenant. And there will be no end to worship on the seventh day. The Bible is absolutely clear about this. Text number 2, Hebrews 4, 4 and 9. For he has somewhere spoken of the seventh day in this way. God rested on the seventh day from all his works. And then he says in verse 9, So then there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. Now, why would the writer of Hebrews use the Sabbath as an argument for the gospel, the rest we have in Jesus, if the Sabbath was done away by the gospel? It would be a fallacious argument and absolutely illogical. He can only use it as an argument for the gospel because it is rooted in the gospel. Text number 3, Matthew 24, 14, 20. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached throughout the world as a testimony to all nations. Then the end will come. And then verse 20, pray. When Jesus tells you to pray, dear heart, you need to pray. Pray. That means worship. I mean, when you pray, you're worshiping, aren't you? You're in a relationship with God. Pray. I mean, don't just say you're going to pray, but pray that your flight may not be in winter on a Sabbath. If Christ is telling Christians after his death to pray to keep the Sabbath, then they need to quit listening to those people who think they're so smart who say it doesn't matter. If Christ tells you to pray to keep the day, then do it and pray that you can. If Jesus did away with the Sabbath of the cross, then why is he so concerned about it at the end of time? That makes no sense to me. 
The greatest evidence is the cross of Christ. When Jesus was dying on the cross for your sins and mine, He remembered the promise He made in Eden. He remembered the everlasting covenant. He remembered the sign of the everlasting covenant. His mind journeyed back to Genesis 2, verse 2. He was the Creator dying for the world. And on the seventh day, God finished His work which He had done. He rested on the seventh day from all His work which He had done. And as the sun was setting on Good Friday and Sabbath was coming, Jesus hung upon that cross and as He remembered what He had promised in Eden, His God and human mind interfacing in the sin-awful darkness of the cross, it was the burden of His soul to save you and me. And He was looking for the words. He was searching for Scripture. He was trying to link with God's will to say it right. And he remembered the promise that he himself had made in Eden as, as the Creator. And he quoted the words of the seventh day in Genesis 2, 2. In John 19, 30, he said, It is finished. He cried out and he died. God finished his work on the seventh day. The one who made us saved us. And then he rested on the seventh day in the tomb to prove it. And when you keep the seventh-day Sabbath to your heart, when you really take it seriously in your life, and you realize that it's all about life and not about death, it's all about God's presence, not about what you can do to prove yourself to God. And ultimately, it's about the cross of Christ because the blood of Jesus is the blood of the covenant of which the sign is the seventh-day Sabbath. When you keep the seventh-day Sabbath, you do more than just rest on the seventh day and tell people you got the right day. You rest in what Jesus has done for you in that day. It means you know Him. You have a covenant relationship with Jesus Christ. Ty Nagogic is over 60 years old, and he hasn't rested in over 35 years, literally. In 1973, he got sick and developed a fever. Since he got sick, he hasn't slept all that time. He's not slept for over 11,700 consecutive sleepless nights plus now. He has counted infinite numbers of sheep, and he can't rest. His wife said, my husband used to sleep well, but these days even liquor can't put him down. Now, the man who cannot rest works all the time. He watches his sheep and his pigs at night. He used three months of sleepless nights to dig two large ponds to raise fish. Life for Ty is twice as hard because he cannot rest. Dear heart, if you're struggling with what it means to keep the Sabbath, and we all can in this context in which we live, we live in a world which it pulls at us and we feel the secular tug, don't we? It's hard to arrange our lives to keep it. Dear heart, it's all about life and rest. At the very end of time, the beast is the world kingdom system. And the Bible is very clear in Revelation 13. It says those worshipers of the beast, which means the world kingdom system, those people who worship what they can get, who care more about the routine of life that they can't stop and cease and rest. It says they have no rest day or night, those worshipers of the beast in his image. And the Greek word is Sabbath rest. You see, God is confronting the Christian world today as he is confronting us in this place that we cannot manage our future unless God manages us with rest in our life. And Jesus is at the heart of the rest, but the seventh day is necessary as a sign and an experience for God's people. Dear heart, God gave us the Sabbath as a covenant and a sign that He is the God of rest forever in our lives. Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28, Jesus gave the great invitation. It is the eternal invitation. Come unto me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. 
I will give you rest. Hebrews 4, 9, and 10. So then there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. Whoever enters God's rest also ceases from his labors as God did from his. The seventh day is a day to arrange your life so you can pray. Now I realize there are people in the healthcare work who have to, to work for others to help them. And there are some types of work like that where if you aren't there, others' lives can be lost. The Bible's not talking about that kind of thing. But even then, it's so important to arrange your Sabbath so you can come to church, you can worship, you can fellowship, you can pray, you can be renewed in God. The Sabbath is the sign of righteousness by faith. It is the sign of the everlasting covenant. It is a sign that God can finish the work He started in you. And it is a sign that Jesus died for you and He opened Eden's door for you at the cross. Henry Van Dyke said it right. Time is too slow for those who wait, too swift for those who fear, too long for those who grieve, too short for those who rejoice. But for those who love, time is eternity. And the Sabbath is eternity right here and now. That's why God made the seventh day. Because He wants you, He wants you, forever close to His heart, bound to Him in life, living in the joys of His presence for ceaseless ages. May God bless you. Are you fascinated by the prophecies of Revelation? Have you wished you could understand prophecy better? Do the symbols of the Bible's last book baffle you? God's Last Altar Call is just the book you need. Mark Finley clearly explains the events soon to unfold in this world. Be sure to call today for your copy. 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. The book is yours for a donation of any size. Thank you for your generosity. Your donations keep this ministry on the air. Again, thank you for your support. 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. If you would like to listen to this message again, it is available for you at reachingyourheart.com. Once again, reachingyourheart.com. There are many messages available along with this broadcast as well. Thanks for listening today. And as always, we want you to know that we do pray that God is reaching your heart.